Let's do it again. It's the Can I Be Earnest podcast. You already know who this is. For those who don't know, this is your host, Ernest K. And before we get started, let me first apologize for the uh, last podcast. It has occurred to me that it was quite inaudible. Uh, the, the quality uh, of the podcast wasn't to uh, the standards that I, you know, shoot for. Um, didn't realize that my voice would be in and out throughout the episode. Uh, wanted to try something different, and I certainly will revisit that in the near future, in the very near future. Um, didn't realize the sound quality would 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 be so would be so disturbing. I mean, it was very cringeworthy on my end uh, when I actually took a listen to the podcast. So I want to apologize to. All the viewers out there, uh, we strive to be the best here or at least above average. We, we don't have to be the best with everything. Um, you know, it, it, that's the, you know, that's not my mentality. I know that's like the winner's mentality to be the best. Ah, let me just try to get by and be good. But what's wrong with good? Good is good, right? Good is quality. You know, um, so, yeah, we want to apologize first and foremost for that. Um promise to do better and that starts with today's podcast um but it felt good to get all of that off my chest and hopefully that episode finds its way into the ears of some official in the uh mayor's office mayor de blasio's office um because i tell you aside from the graffiti and the potholes and the and the construction sites that I've seen for the past decade I mean that was enough for me to just turn my wheel and just you know take a plunge into the Hudson River I mean that's how insane that drive was that traffic was it was just abysmal like we, we it's it, you, you can't accept this it's unacceptable it's unacceptable I, I I've never seen construction needing five and ten years to be completed just i just haven't seen it listen for, for goodness sakes close the damn highway down for about a year if you need that highway to be shut down and get things you know up to speed shut it down shut it down create detours i get it it's eight million people in the city of new york or you know approximately and maybe that's going to be an inconvenience to those who travel day to day but shit it, it, it's it's an inconvenience living in the city anyway so what's a year what's two years of shutting the cross bronx highway down or cross bronx expressway pardon me shut it down anyway i digress we move on because that's what we do here uh, and occasionally I'll, I'll I'll piggyback off an old episode and, and, and whatever grinds my gears. And, and, and if I spoke about it a million times, I'm going to speak about it a million and one times. But we will move on because there are a, uh, you know, plethora of topics I want to touch on in this episode. One. And this is for my hip hop enthusiasts, my 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 follow, my fellow rap fans. This month marks the 18th, let me get this correct, this is the 16th anniversary of the Lord Willen album by The Clips, the uh, rap group The Clips from Virginia, Newport News, Bad News, if I'm not mistaken they're from that area, well I'm going to double check that, 
but um they're from the VA area and their debut album was 16 years ago this month August 20th one of my favorite albums probably one of my top 10 rap albums of all time and it's a highly slept on album then I don't know if it gets much mentioned now but I personally feel that album belongs up there with some of the great groups of rap the Mob Deeps, the Wu-Tangs, the Locks, you know, some of the some of the best, you know, rap groups, East Coast groups of all time. I believe that Clips album belongs under the under that umbrella. I do. That album when it came out in 2002, I, you know, this is when CDs were just, you know, selling like hotcakes. And I recall going to I want to say I don't remember the record store. I want to say HMV, but HMV may have been closing down. But I just remember being at the at the record shop and buying that album and feeling like I just hit the lottery. Was a huge Neptunes fan, Pharrell, Chad, huge fan of those guys. Loved their production. Was actually during those days contemplating getting into the music game becoming a producer myself i was already writing music here and there but i wanted to make beats because i was on that pharrell neptune's bandwagon in the late 90s when pharrell had a mustache how many of y'all remember when pharrell had a mustache that's what i thought you guys are privy to the pharrell who wears odd clothing i was Watching Pharrell with a little afro and mini afro and a mustache with a, 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 a hip chain on his jeans. Performing with his rock group Nerd. You know, I, I was just a fan of his music when he produced uh, for Khalees in the late 90s. I Hate You So Much Right Now and, and a couple other songs when he was just pretty much a nobody. So my point is... Anything Pharrell produced in the latter 90s, I had an ear on. I had an ear to it. And then he slowly, you know, he and, and, and keep in mind, he produced the uh, What song from Nori, Noriega. I think that was around 1998 on that N-O-R-E album. Another highly slept on album, but one of my all-time favorites. So Pharrell and Nori were pretty much, they worked hand in hand. They, that was his go-to guy for beats. So my point is, when I heard the clips, when I heard the grinding record, I, I want to say it was in the late winter of 2002. And I may have been watching BT and MTV at the time. And I just remember becoming mesmerized. I saw two Dawskin guys, you know, with just lyricism that 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 gave me goosebumps. And their their confidence. These these guys were were pretty much known in a you know in in, in the hip hop world to certain individuals. So a lot of the mainstream guys at that time knew of the clips, previously known as eclipse but they all hang out in the same circles pharrell 
Philly's most wanted. Uh, you know, you had uh, you had the clips. Fabulous. Couple guys, couple guys. They all knew of each other, but the clips weren't mainstream just yet. But that album, that album did something. Everybody wanted to talk about drugs at that point. Shooting, murders, and, 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 and drug dealing. And it was becoming a little, it was getting a little old, but then here comes Pusha T and Malice. Two Virginia boys, originally from the uh, New York area, by the way, the Bronx, but moved to Virginia at young ages. And their swagger and their confidence behind the mic, it blew me away because they were rapping like vets. They were rapping like they've done this for years and, and, and you know, they were rubbing elbows on the mic like with the big dogs. That's that's the confidence they had. So when you looked at them, you didn't feel like they were new guys. You felt like they were up there with the Jay-Z's of the world. At least I did. But 16 years ago, that album premiered. And it's, an, it's a classic. And if anyone knows me, I hate the term classic. Hate it. It's overused. You know, we need to put it to rest sometimes. Everything can't be a classic. But that album was. That album was. Top to bottom. I Listen, even the skits were, were gold. They were gold. So I just want to acknowledge the clips, the Neptunes, that album on this podcast. 16 years is not a milestone, but I can't believe how quickly time has flown. Because I remember sitting down and playing that in my CD player at nauseum. That beat, you know, a lot of people like to joke that students at that time in cafeterias were just banging on the table, you know, emulating that 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 grinding beat. Do, 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 do. You know, just just the hard drums, and I don't even know what they used. But that beat. I tried to rap over that beat. I found the instrumental, and boy, I thought I was the third member of the clips. And I'm dark skinned, so I would have fit right in. I might have even had cornrows at the time. <laughs> so I would have looked like Pusha T's, uh, you know, younger bro. That beat was gold. I listened to it every day going to work. A- anything I did, the clips were pretty much a part of. And that whole Neptune connection. And I believe Philly's Most Wanted album came out in 2001, in August of 2001. And that's going on 17 years. I'll double check that. But just wanted to give the, the clips a, 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 a shout out. You know, the Neptunes as well. Awesome album. Awesome duo. And that album's going to live in, in hip hop history. And it's definitely a part of my soundtrack, my life soundtrack, without question. We're going to switch because that's what we do. And this is a perfect segue because speaking of duos, I woke up this morning and I witnessed 
a meteorologist duo. A pair of meteorologists reporting the weather this morning. Talk about overkill. At what point in culture, in society, did it become cool to have a two-man weather team? At what point did one weather reporter become too little, for the lack of a better word? Why isn't one weather reporter enough? The, the PC term being meteorologist. When did producers, TV producers, news show producers say, you know what? We need two meteorologists to report the weather simultaneously. There's something about having one that's just not, doesn't feel right. Why? Why did I wake up this morning, turn to my local newscast and see a female meteorologist who I happen to like, by the way, and her the male her male colleague to her left reporting local news lo- local weather why does she have to point out on the map where the rain is going to occur while he stands there and does nothing at what point do we say, eh, you know, is this trip really necessary? Why do uh, newscasts feel like they need to, again, reinvent the wheel? We already get about five hours worth of news each morning anyway. Some of these telecasts come on at 4 a.m. and in around 9. You know, that's overkill. But, you know, hey, while we're at it, why don't we have two sportscasters? Why don't we have a play-by? Let's have two sports broadcasters. I, I need two people giving me sports each morning. We have two people giving news most of the times. The lead anchor and the, uh, the, the the side person. I don't know what their term, their title is. So we have two people giving the news usually. Let's just keep going. Let's have two people give traffic updates. Why not? What else do they do in the news? I want two reporters doing feel-good stories. I want two reporters live on the scene of an accident or a murder. Let's have three. When is enough enough? E-N-U-F-F. Somebody tell me. Again, I wake up. I see the meteorologist. She's given the weather. She's doing fine. She's done fine. By herself. Now... Her partner is a lot, I'd say a little more seasoned. 
Not by much. But why do they need to stand side by side and give the weather? Now, I get it if they alternated hours. Hey, you take care of five. He'll take care of six. You go back on seven. He'll do eight. And then at nine, you guys come together. Something like that. Cool. Kind of gives the viewer, you know, pick or choose. Oh, okay. I like her better. So I'm going to watch this hour. I get that. But they're together each hour. Just standing side by side. One person's reporting the, the uh, weather. The other person's just mute. Clueless. It's dumb. Get rid of it. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Stop creating storm tracks and, and things like that and, and special technologies to detect weather two weeks away and storms that are, you know, brewing and hurricanes. Stop it. Cut it out. It's not working. It's not going to boost the ratings. Nobody cares. I'll wake up. I'll get a sense of the weather myself. If I see gray skies, I'll carry a light, a, a small umbrella just in case. Because you guys are inaccurate anyway. I don't need a three man booth. I don't need a four man booth. Just go back to tradition. And I'm not one to always ride, wave the tradition flag. But for cry, goodness sakes. Keep it basic on TV. That's all. I don't know if anyone else has a problem with this. Maybe it's just me, but can somebody explain why we need a two a tag team reporting the weather? The weather. Tag, you're it. It's your turn. Goodness gracious. And while I'm at it, because again, I'm all over the place. I've been a lot more animated. Maybe it's the uh, anxiety of a book release. August 28th. Could be that. This is my normal self, but I will admit I've been a, a lot edgier of late. Maybe the stress of my fantasy baseball season, whatever it may be. I, I'm going to I'm going to lean towards the whole book release thing. That's it. It's definitely the book. But, you know, while feeling the uh, the pressure of creating content, I actually relapsed. And before anyone panics, there's no drug or alcohol issue on my end. I'm I've always been pretty good with all that stuff. I don't know what peer pressure is. It doesn't it doesn't ring a bell. It's just, you know, I, I kind of just use my brain and common sense. That, you know, that's just pretty much been my anchor. But I relapsed. I ended my fast food streak. 
I went a year and about four months eliminating Wendy's. Done. Didn't like the way it made me feel. I'm going to remove it from my diet. You're talking to a guy or you're listening to a guy who used to work out many moons ago and treat myself to a Whopper and large fries after each workout. And then I had the audacity to question why I didn't see a transformation in my body. Why don't I see the muscle mass? Hey, my buddy says he eats Whoppers after each workout and he's bulky. Why can't I see the uh, the same results? So you're talking to a dude who grew up eating McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Roy Rogers, KFC. Occasionally some Chinese food in the mix. Oh, yeah, my arteries despise me. They hate my freaking guts. And then the light bulb went off because I was having high cholesterol issues as expected. And I've always been a fitness guy. I've always loved working out. You'll read about it in my book a little bit. You know, working out has just been the thing to do for me since since day one. I've always enjoyed just being in shape, looking at bodies transition from, you know, before and after love it also being athletic I was one of those athletic guys who just never could get a six pack never could get toned but always played sports and always wondered why can't I get a six pack why are my arms just straight form there's no cuts in there nothing I don't look like a genetic freak or anything but I play sports all hours of the day because my diet sucked. That's one. Now, I know there's plenty of people with, with, with crappy diets who can maintain six packs and have the cuts in their arms and the definition. There's plenty of you guys out there. I grew up with a few of them. I know you exist. And I hate you all. But the point is, my diet was poor. And I vowed to myself to to make a switch. So as an adult, I'd say once I touched 30, might have even been before that. I told myself, let's remove certain foods. But it wasn't until maybe a few years ago, maybe a couple years ago. Where I told myself and I don't do New Year's resolutions because I think they're stupid. But effective July 1st of whatever year that was, and like I said, I believe it might have been 2016, I said I will no longer eat any fast food, with the exception of Chick-fil-A. Now, Chick-fil-A, to me, is the healthy fast food, but they're just as poisonous as the rest. Let's be real. But I had a thing for their milkshakes, which I no longer drink, but I had a thing for their milkshakes, and I love their salads. Until I did, until the day uh, occurred where I went to the drive-thru, ordered a Cobb salad, came home, and found a whole bunch of hair in my salad. 
But that's a story for another day. That's a story for another day. But July of that year, I told myself we will remove fast food from your diet and each day I will work out, whether at home or at the gym, and I'm going to watch this transformation occur. Now, everyone that sees me, folks, they all they get it. They see me and they, 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 they the first things they say, oh, you work out. Oh, it's visible. I look like somebody that works out without question. But there are still a few things that I need to fix. Where are you going with this, Ernest? You're losing me. Gotcha. Gotcha covered. Because what happened was I removed Wendy's and Burger King and then I relapsed sometime in 2018 on Burger King. That was the first strike. It's lunchtime. I was hungry. I drank enough green tea and eating enough yogurts for the day. I needed something else. And I had Burger King breaking my streak around February of one year. And if I did say two years ago, folks, I believe it was a year ago. So 2017, the first of 2017 is uh, January is when I vowed to no longer eat that kind of stuff. Eat that junk. So, yes, I broke my streak in February with Burger King and I just ended my Wendy's streak. Just ended it. And I'm crushed. I'm devastated. I don't know what's come over me. Two crispy chicken sandwiches. I know it's processed meat. I know it, but I couldn't resist. I looked at the picture. I was driving. I felt my stomach growling. And guess when it occurred? It occurred on that day when I drove to New York and I was stuck in that traffic for an hour and I was bitching and moaning about the conditions of the New York City highways it happened on that day I got back to the Garden State and I looked around and I saw a few signs and I saw the rest stop and I said nope I'm gonna fight this I'm gonna fight it I'm just gonna get home I'll drink some water I'll prepare dinner maybe dinner's prepared whatever the case may be but I relapsed As I sigh into the microphone, you can hear the pain. I know it's not that big of a deal, but it is. It is. I'm somebody who has great willpower. If I don't want to do something, I won't do it. But I relapsed. And I passed the Wendy's and I saw the drive through 
and I almost got into an accident because I passed the drive-thru and went in reverse. I put my car in reverse and changed my mind and went into the drive-thru after I had already passed it. Has anyone done that before? Are you willing to risk death, severe injuries for Dave Thomas and his burgers? I did. I confess. I backed that car up, turned the wheel into that drive through. And I asked for two crispy chicken sandwiches on, off the dollar menu or the value menu, whatever they call it these days. Two, not one, two. Pulled out my change, out my wallet, handed it to the uh, lady at the window. Didn't feel an inch, an ounce, a centimeter of guilt. Put my foot on the gas, put one hand in that bag and unwrapped that golden chicken, that, that piece of lettuce just hanging out of the buns. And before I could take a bite, I felt the drool just coming down my mouth. Oh, man, I needed that. I needed that in my system. So now I have to start a new streak. Because a year and eight months, it's not good enough. That's satisfactory. I know people who haven't had fast food in years, decades, possibly. If you don't want it, you just don't want it. And I gave in and I'm sorry. So it's been a tough, tough month. It's been a it's been a pretty tough summer overall. But I thought I could prolong this this no fast food streak. I really was aiming for five years. And again, I count fast food as McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, KFC. Yeah, that stuff. So my apologies, arteries, bloodstream, all that stuff in my body. I apologize. Heart, most importantly. Yeah, my bad. And last but not least, I just noticed something that was equally devastating. I'm sure many of you don't care, but there are those who who will. But I notice a crease. In my Bo Jackson sneakers. Oh, the agony. You're damn right. A crease in my sneakers. Yeah, 
I'm shallow. I'm that guy. I am devastated. And this all occurred on that day I traveled to New York. So this is a sign. Maybe I don't belong there anymore. A crease in my sneakers is like a female stilettos falling off, falling apart as she's trying to switch and look cute on the uh, pavement. I take care of my belongings. I didn't take care of myself that day. I end this podcast with an important message. Take care of yourself. Make that your goal. Make it top priority. Your body is your temple. And so are your sneakers. Treat it as such. We'll talk again. And on the next podcast, we will devote our time for the premiere of Can I Be Earnest? Long-awaited, featured book by your host. August 28th. We'll devote some time to that as well as check up on the status of my fantasy baseball season woes as we near the end. Next podcast. Tune in.